0: Hello and welcome to Getting Naked with Happiness with me, Stefan Liu. In this snippet, we hear from Roslina Chai, an organizational consulting expert on creating inclusive work environments in Singapore. In the main episode, Roslina and I talk about what marginalization at work looks like and some of the steps that we can take to make inclusive changes in our workplaces. These snippets are standalone episodes where we tackle more specific questions on organizational improvements, but I will highly recommend that if you are a manager or a leader in a company and you are interested in making holistic changes in your teams, check out the other episodes in this series. So without further ado, let's jump Right in. Could you give us an example of a generous or compassionate conversation?
1: Well, the honest incident that came to mind actually happened yesterday. Okay. Someone I had been working very closely with found the courage, much to this person's credit, to share with me that some of my behaviors has created an unease and distrust. This person was not sure anymore whether or not I am someone who can be trusted. When I heard that, I, as a manager, had a choice of how I could react. I could very easily react very defensively because I could perceive it as an attack on my professional integrity. If I had gone down that path, number one, I would have made this person regret being honest with me. Second, I'm likely to make this person feel cornered and defensive. And third, this person may feel like the job is not on the line because I may find ways to retaliate. You can imagine if this were the three emotions among perhaps many others that could be felt, how that conversation would have panned out. The compassionate response would be, Number one, acknowledging that this person found the courage. It was not easy to tell the person with more authority that this is how my behavior is being perceived. Okay? Two, is to get curious because by that point in the conversation, there were no specific behaviors shared. So to reserve any sense of judgment. And when I use the word judgment, I don't mean it as a moral judgment. I mean it more in the sense of assessing whether there is any grounds for the perception, right? Mm. So instead of judgmental, I became very curious. And I was able to feel curious and feel a lot of compassion for that situation because I was very Grounded in my own integrity as a professional. And the third is to respond with tenderness because it was important for me as a manager to accept the possibility that I may have unconscious bias or blind spots that I wasn't aware of. And this is an incredibly rare opportunity for me to learn something that could potentially help me become. A far better leader so I want this person to feel safe and to continue trusting the situation and me enough to offer me concrete examples I could work with so this for me is made possible because I practice compassion in the daily, seemingly mundane decisions of life, so that in those more unexpected moments, I was able to very quickly move from reactive to responsive. So that is the beginning of a compassionate, non-judgment presence, and Let me now come to the listening part. The first part was just the presence, creating the space. I may think that I'm listening, but the only way that the other person knows that I am listening is if I reflect back to the speaker what I heard was said. You can call this a form of paraphrasing But in the world of nonviolent communication, it goes a little bit deeper than that. So when I reflect back what has been said, I provide first an observation. So this is what I heard you say. Then I make an attempt at here are the feelings I'm sensing. Then I move to does this mean that you have a need for something? So what I'm trying to do is to communicate to the speaker that I am actively listening to both what is being said and what is not being said or what is being attempted to be said. And I say this because when you are offering up your personal truth, and you are the person with less power in that relationship, it's very difficult to maintain a state of acute attention and find exactly the right words to express how you feel. So as a manager, if you're able to reflect compassionately back to your employee, it gives them a way to scaffold their emotional turmoil as well, right? The very last phase of compassionate listening and non-judgment presence is for me as a coach to end on something that you can do. And this is not about me, the manager, trying to rescue, trying to advise, or trying to suggest. Very often I would say Now that you have shared, and you feel okay, what would you like to do about this situation? And give to your employee that first option of trying to come up with a solution. If he or she can do that, then there is a greater sense of ownership. And by the way, as a manager, I've learned that whatever action is being proposed during that conversation, may or may not be what is needed to be done, or the employees might change their mind afterwards. And that's completely fine. Naturally, I'm talking not about a live and death situation, right? It's not so much about what the actual action is. It's great if it's actually something that can be implemented, and it's good. But it's more important to help your employee land in a space of empowerment. Number one. Two, my manager cares enough to give me the gift of his or her attention and I'm not being judged or punished for asking for what I need. Right? And number three, to reinforce the self-worth of employee. And I think this is absolutely critical to not only productivity, but creativity and innovation. When you, Stephen, feel that the person you're interacting with really sees you, really accepts you, really affirms your self-worth, you very often can feel that you're capable of so much more in that moment because of the
0: gift of the faith that was extended to you. Thanks for sharing what you just did. I think I have learned a lot from you, and it, it seems to me that For compassionate conversations to take place, the managers need to do a lot of work, Um, self work, self development to develop their emotional maturity, um, emotional intelligence, and also their language in terms of how they can engage their, their, their team, their teams, their staff, or their colleagues.